Demons from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. Hail, hail the gang's all here. Which is which is really pretty cool, but it's a Monday afternoon and everybody's here. Uh, Regan Forston and Diana Pake. I keep wanting to say Pequa. Pake like cake. Pake like cake. It's easier. Pake is a yes, indeed. Pake like cake. And uh, Natasha Venter and uh, I'm I'm here too. Uh, how's everybody today? Anybody got any brand new? new we, you know, we were talking just before we got on about the fact that the work that you guys are doing, Regan and and uh, uh, Diana and Natasha too. You're all got all you guys are getting busier. Why do you think that is, ladies and gentlemen? Natasha, why don't you go first? Well, you know, it's you know, people are like you guys were saying that, you know, it's one of those things that people are looking for answers because we're awakening into this new knowing of ourselves. And, you know, I know all three of us are here to help. I know Kevin is in his own way helping because of all the videos he's doing, but you know, we're all here to support this new knowing. Cause I know for me personally, I did this work, you know, five, 10 years ago to get prepared for this time. And so like for me being the personal awareness coach, I do it. I've already lived a lot of this awakening that people are having to go through. So it's just one of those things that we all kind of are wondering what to do. And this is one of the ways to do it is going past life regressions with um, Regan and Diana, or you can do like a mediumship or just even have a conversation with me, you know, cause that, you know, brings up so much. To help, Diana, why don't, you, why don't you explain exactly what it is that you and Regan do? Well, we work with um, tools that are hypno hypnotic tools. So we take people into a deep trance, and we take people into past lives. And and the purpose of going into a past life is to understand where your soul has been and some of your soul journey. And then to be able to go between lives where you're simply in soul only. And going into a past life prepares you to be able to talk the soul perspective, to know yourself. What I learned when I started doing this work was I thought all of my personality was just my Diana self and didn't have anything to do with my soul. And I found out my soul has a personality. It's very impatient. It has all sorts of characteristics that are not cute and popular, you know. So, so uh, it it's learning, you know. And so we learn on a soul level, and we learn on a on a body level in each in each manifestation. So Reagan and I work with clients to help you identify your starting point of where do you start doing your work? It might be doing something that's in your current life. You know, if you had a childhood that you had trauma and you haven't processed, you need to do some of that work first before you start to go try and go back. 
I've had people who have terrible relationships and they think that they can simply go into a past life and say, where did it come from without investigating what's in front of them? And so our guides will always take us to the work we need to do. So I tell people that's the work that we're going to do. It may not be the way you want to address it, but if your guides take you there, that's the work we're doing. And Natasha said, our guides tell us stuff, you know, they, they're going to tell you where the starting point is. So I always ask people, you know, where are you starting? What's coming up for you? You know, what's the issue? Are you, I have a, a new client who, has health issues and she wants to know where they are from her past. Well, there may be something in this lifetime as well and how she's dealt with health. So we always have to determine the starting point. And then from there, we we move into the way that our guides lead us. Regan, is your, is your soul um, personality different than your human personality? I think Regan's having some internet problems. <laughs> well, his, his internet just went away. He'll be back. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty pretty sure. So, so uh, um, uh, Natasha, in, in your experience, in your in your mediumship, do you find that uh, people they present themselves differently from the other side as well? Well, that's the thing is, is that a lot of times when um, I'm doing a mediumship and let's say that there's a, um, a father or a mother that had some drama that they did to the child. And I'm not going to name it, claim it, but just some drama trauma that they did. And there was some hardships moved forward from the child to the parent and they come back and they... Um, and they say, well, you know, the parent comes back saying, I'm so sorry that I did this to you. And the child has a hard time because it's like, well, why are they sorry? They, they know exactly what they were doing. But I said, you know, at that time, though, you got to think about where, what did they learn? How did they learn what they were doing? And so sometimes they didn't know better to do better. And so we do through go through, and this is just a very short version of sometimes many different stories that kind of connect with this. But, you know, we all have this human part of us that learns things in this lifetime. Sometimes they're not always positive. You know, I would say probably 80% of a lot of people learn is 80, you know, is, is negatives. And then, you know, the other part is, is the, the positives and that gets put on to the children. And then there's this miscommunication that happens. And it's just amazing how we get these stories that go on in our lives. But yet once the soul leaves and gets the bigger picture, they can kind of go, oh, that's what I learned in that lifetime. Oh, that's what I needed to do in that lifetime. Oh, I wish I would have had that this perspective now that I had then, because then I would have not done the hurt, shame, and claim of all that pain that went on between you know the the families. And it's just amazing how you know stories change when they go over. But a lot of times, though, the you know it, it is the pain that creates the lessons that we needed to learn, you know, and it's just amazing because I do have a story about how um, my family history has some illness and what I did to heal some of that. 
but I don't want to take up this time to do that. But you know, it's just it's interesting how we all kind of name things, but it's not always. It's sometimes it's this lifetime, and sometimes it's the story of the of the lifetimes that come forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I like my personality. I want to keep it, Diana. Can't I keep it? <laughs> Part of it you do keep. Yeah. So there. So there are parts, what I've learned is there's probably more of me that's a soul personality than my Diana personality. Uh, my Diana personality is also very impatient. So I, I match my, my Diana matches my soul in many ways. Um, so one of the questions I always ask people is, I ask their soul, how does this baby that you're coming into, how does it fit you? Is it a good match? You know, do you fit together well? You know, are you this similar? Do you like this? Is this body, this baby going to be good for you? Or is it going to be a challenge for you? I mean, you have people who come in into lives where they're very physically challenged and, and know that they're coming into physically challenged. You know, people with, you know, mental disorders and physical disorders and, People say, well, why would someone come in as a quadriplegic? Because there's a lesson there. You know, so all, all of the choices we make prior to coming into a life, we may not know exactly the details, but we have a sense of the lesson that we're meant to learn. We tend to forget that when we're born, though. So we have to be reminded at some point. Mm -hmm. And and Kevin, in my perception of knowing and listening to your soul, is is that your soul is a lot like you. But what I would love to add on is is that there's those little whispers that come in from your mom and your dad and your siblings that just kind of whisper <laughs> a little <laughs> bit, and and with that, that as they whisper. They, they shift a lot of what maybe wants to come through the knowing of what your soul wants to say. You know, there's a little bit more. It's almost like um, it's, a, it's almost like one piggybacks on the other. You know, it, it's just and so your soul is you. But yet your your language might be a little bit more of what your parents taught you or your siblings taught you. Or, you know, if you had an aunt or friends that, you know, some people hang out with their friends more than they hang out with their um, with their family. And so it might be their friends that lay over a little bit more. Like for me, my soul is pretty much who I am. You know, and yet there's a little bit of that other personality that came through because I was an only child. I didn't have any friends. So I spent a lot of time with me. <laughs> and so I got to know me pretty good. And my parents left a lot of the language for me to figure out. You know, they were, you know, there was a lot of things. But I can tell you that my positivity is more my dad, possibly, because, you know, like in the house when I was younger, he would always say, get excited. What do you want to do? Where are you going to go? You know, I like was, your dad, by the way. He seems he, like a very nice man. Oh, my dad was so cool. Um, but he was very dyslexic. He could not read at all. He didn't even graduate high school. Put himself through um, through school. Yeah, and then got him into himself into a chiropractic school. So a lot of what he lived, he basically, you know, what he he ended up learning, he lived. And so he did a lot of things that were very much believe in yourself, do what you can do, be who you are. 
And so with that, that, that helped me being the dyslexic that I am, that I had to have something like that because otherwise I would have slumped into that depression probably because I wasn't doing very much. I couldn't do a lot of things in my brain because I knew things, but like I heard, boy, your dyslexia actually helped you to tune into a lot of different dimensions at one time <laughs> because I understood the language because I wasn't stuck with the human language. Makes that that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, you know, folks, uh, apparently Regan is uh, having technical difficulties. <laughs> he's coming and he's going, and he's, he's so. In in any event, uh, we we will we will survive without him for the moment. And uh, but Diana, I wanted to ask you know because I am so enthralled with this topic. This topic is oh, we have a gentleman calling from Pepka. Pakistan. Well, and it's nice to know that Hello. you're here, Kamali. How are you today? It's nice to see you. Um, but uh, I'm so enthralled with this topic because it is when you think about it, when, when you know, in the time of COVID and we've got so many people and that, that are passing away and, and it's so difficult, we wonder where they're going. It is nice to know that there is a plan, that they are going somewhere. Has that not been your experience? Yes. I mean, um, and I've been seeing many clients during this time where people are dying and that their people are on the other side. So um, it's uh, when they check in on their aunt or their uncle, they find that the soul is just fine. You know, that the the world is, our world is a different is still going through COVID and people have moved on. It's like, uh, I, I had a client who was so worried about her mother because her mother had dementia and was so worried her mother couldn't find her way home to the afterlife because she had dementia. And, and when she checked in on her mother, her mother said to her, you guys were looked like a bunch of idiots dancing around trying to get me into the light when I was already there just laughing <laughs> at you because I was already there and they're just dancing around and trying to figure, you know, get her into the light, you know, and she was already there. Um, but the, you know, people un are concerned about why did somebody have to leave when they did? Why did I have to have a child die? Why did my mother have to die early? And and we as humans don't understand about the larger scope, the larger planned contracts that people make, all of these things that happen, but the passing out of body into spirit is one that's very calm, very easy and without pain and, and that People simply, as they leave the body, they go, oh, it feels so good not to be in that diseased body. I just, such a relief. The first thing is relief. I can breathe. I'm not, I'm not sick. I can feel free. My body is, you know, lying there and I'm free. And I'm very sad for the people who are here. I'm very sad to leave these people because they're very sad about me leaving. But but they're fine. They're physically fine. So I got, I got to ask you because you just said they're breathing and they're fine. They don't have a body. How are they breathing? 
they're they're breathing because it's that moment of just letting go of the physicalness and so the breathing is more of a metaphorical statement than it is a physical statement it's that it's that you know it's kind of like when you're um in a room full of people and then you walk out and you feel like you can get breath because you're not surrounded by all that energy that being of all those people so it's that metaphorical it's not it's not that you couldn't breathe in that room and it's not that you couldn't breathe out here but it's that breath of just huh i have expansion i have i have no limitations of that form and and you know i wanted to go back to dementia because this is the aspect that i get with dementia and as you know alzheimer's and all that kind of stuff is is that the reason why it takes the body so long to leave the physical body or the body when people get dementia it's like the soul and the body leave each other so that there's nothing that says it's time for me to go so the body just keeps going yes the soul comes back and forth and pops in but actually the soul does more time outside of of itself of the body than it does with the body and so with that, the, 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 there's a cord that kind of forgets, oh, wait a minute, I have a physical body that <laughs> needs to have a timeline here. And that's where I feel like that, you know, in a loving statement that I can make here is that that COVID gave some of these bodies permission to leave because the soul already wanted to go, but yet the body just didn't have the, the um, button to push it to leave. You know, because a lot of times it doesn't have disease. Sometimes it doesn't have. And sometimes it's just, you know, that they stop eating is the reason why they go. So there's this process that the body needs to go through to say, oh, because the soul a lot of times is that timeline that says, okay, it's time for me to go. And then there's a reason that the body creates to leave this, this, this body, you know, so the soul can go off and do its work. So, Regan, welcome back, old buddy. Yeah, I had to drive a few miles away to try to get better reception. <laughs> He's driving of L.A. You wouldn't think there'd be a problem. Well, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you made it back. Yeah, so, thanks. now, what do you think of the discussion so far? <laughs> Just well, kidding. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I just have the saying. You know, we talk about past lives. It's like. How do you know where you're going unless you know where you've been, you know, and it's um, kind of just it, it gives you an idea. But, uh, you know, again, as we'll reiterate many times on this show and when we're talking about this, the, the, the most important thing about people like people listen this first time. They, some people maybe a year from now will be listening to this and they go, what? There's something there. There is an afterlife or, you know, mediums are real and and, and all this. Um the only reason we do it is it's it's to help you in the now, you know. It's in other words that w once you have a um, a little more information about uh, life, uh, and you get some more information, and it causes you to act differently, you know. It causes you like so, you know. People listening to this from this step forward, just know that there there is an afterlife that you have a, a mission to do and meaning and purpose, and um, you know people have these ecstatic experiences without a body and near-death experiences well the whole purpose of that is to wake you up so that you behave better in the moment now from this day forward than you did in the past so that's what we're all do all trying to do is just you know no matter how um 
how advanced spiritually we get, there's always another step. You know, there's always mm-hmm. a, another way to be a little bit better. So, so let me ask the three of you, and we'll and we'll go in alphabetical order, and um, Natasha can decide what that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Big Diana, now, <laughs> thank you. My guide told me that he <laughs> was out of that. My guide told me that. But, Actually, it's Michael. He's laughing. Archangel Michael. He's laughing. But the three, but the three of you have, all have clients, and you've all worked with people. Um, have you noticed after working with somebody that they present a distinct change in where they were to where they are now? Diana, you first. Yeah, I, I find that people may even physically change, that you see a lightning, that you see an energetic shift, that the more they understand and the more comfortable they are, with where they are and move out of a place of judgment, but simply understanding and being present like code. And so if I understand why something is happening and I understand the path that I'm on and I can just let go of need to explain everything and judge everything, it, it lightens my load. And I see people physically change. They just look younger. You know, they look more relaxed. Um, sometimes they are more distressed in the moment, but once they process it, then they learn from it. And, you know, not everything you get when you go, when you ask the big questions is, is what you want to hear. It's what you, <laughs> it isn't necessarily what you want to hear. So, um, so sometimes in the moment, people are not happy with the answer, but it's they know it's true. I think it's when a, people don't always like to hear the truth, and and it's true in order to fool ourselves into being comfortable. And so sometimes I find people will shift feeling more comfortable. Well, I have to say. <laughs> There's a lot of energy going on in this in this little. I know, because uh, because both we've all had the issues. Uh, Natasha, you're next. Have you when you're doing a mediumship with somebody? When you really dig in and touch them, do you notice a change over time? I do, I do, and it's not always the. I want to make this clear because it's not always doing the mediumship. It's doing the intuitive work that I do. Because of seeing through much of the um, drama trauma that happens in this world and the personal story that they went through, that a lot of times, that's why I think the my guides told me I'm a personal awareness coach, because I can see into the reason. You know, like I had one client that was working through shame, you know, and shame had her from very young and moving forward. And so we took pretty much the whole hour just working on her aspect of shame, of shame. And doing that, she became lighter and like it almost like was the key to unlocking a lot of her from moving forward. She always wondered why she kept hitting the wall to to bettering herself or she was she was always doing the shame towards I mean it even came down to her smoking. You know, she loves smoking, but 
she's a Native American. And I told her, well, change the aspect of the shame of smoking to doing the ceremonial spoke. You know, I didn't, I didn't judge her on smoking, but she was judging her, shaming herself because she was smoking. And, and once she said that she started shifting it from doing the ceremonial smoke to the, to just smoking because she needed it. She said that she was changing the timing of it. She was changing the aspect of it. And I can see in her body that it was shifting. It wasn't, it wasn't the negative aspect of the smoking. It was the, actually the more working towards the, the, the why am I smoking? You know, there's that process of things. And, and so with that, that there's been this, these big shifts, people come to me and they say, Natasha, I've spent, you know, dollars and dollars on, uh, on going to a counselor one session with you and I've got it, <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's not because I'm not patting myself on the back, but that's the whole aspect of getting a different perspective, you know, counselors and, but there's, there's two sides to every story. There's the, the human side and then there's the spirit side. And when you get those two sides, you can make a bigger picture of why something might be happening in your life. And that is the whole calling that I'm here to do is to help people get through the, oh, why? Why? And I, like I tell people, I say at the beginning, you know, I know that there's going to be something here. Remember, your truth is your truth. But, you know, there's a truth that's going to be said here. So put it in your back pocket, wear it around for a little while and see how it feels to you. You know, sometimes you need that little bit of time to, to get to aware of, oh, really, that's what it is going on. And that's why I love people to um, record my sessions with them because there's mantras, there's different things that come up in our sessions that, that really support them in their day-to-day -day walk. Hey, Regan, I wanted to ask you about our friend Tony who came on to the, to the show at one point. Have you noticed any change? Has he made any changes since he talked to both you and, uh, um, and Natasha? Uh oh! <laughs> Apparently, Los Angeles does not have very good internet. Are you guys I think all kinds of static? Yes, we are. It's just me. I, I'm gonna, uh, I, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna leave for the moment. I'll log back in in another mile or two. I'll go to another place. <laughs> still doing the static i'll check out because i don't want to mess up what you guys are doing oh you guys are fine you're fine here. regan you're fine when you're I log fine. Back in, tell me if you're if you'll hear the static so I'm sounds okay, like i'm just hearing all kinds of static anyway uh tony is now in uh uh where'd he go yeah he went to san diego uh he went down to the indian tribe thing and um he's doing trying to do a deal uh, down there. He said he has six tribes signed up for his cigarettes he's manufacturing. And they're called Tribe. And it's uh, he has, uh, they just got the uh, brand name and uh, he has a place in Canada that's going to make the cigarettes. And and uh, the Indian chief that was in the last meeting with us down there, uh, he's the chief of, uh, um, of a tribe down in San Diego. And uh, Tony's going to give half of the profits to the tribe. So they have six tribes signed up. So, um, you know, that's his, you know, his other project that he's doing, you know. <laughs>
Yeah, so, but did he? Yeah. Did you notice know a change in him? Did he? Did he buy right. into what? Did he buy into what you were talking about? What Natasha was telling him, or did he poo-poo it all? No. Uh, yeah. Why don't you check out and then check back in in a mile or two? We'll pretend like you're our Uber driver. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing is, is that I want everybody to know that, that, you know, we who are on this side, Diana Regan, you know, myself, and even you, Kevin, we can only present something to you. It's up to you. It's up to the person, the individual to navigate through how do I apply this in their life. And that's why I like doing sessions that are one right after another. I have like these group sessions that I do with people. And, and I like that because then I, we can check in. Okay, how did what we talked about last time apply to your life? Oh, there's an example where you could have looked at a different perspective maybe, you know, and we can kind of circle around a little bit better to help shift an aspect of their life. Because sometimes we do need something that goes, oh, wait a minute. That's what we talked about, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, life was trying to tell me that, wasn't it? That I should have taken that different perspective, huh? Yeah, but that's okay. Learn to do better next time. You know, it's, I always have the mantra, practice to do better next time. You know, it's like <laughs> life is life and then we got to do it. So, Diana, when, when you are doing a Life Between Lives session, and they cross over, they experience their death, they cross over into the other world, and then at one point or time, or time, they get to go to the council, and they get to talk in front of the council, which can be as many as, as few as, I'm told, as few as two or three, and as many as eight to ten. Um, yeah. Eight to ten, but... Do you find that, that people have uh, um, come out of those sessions with a new understanding of who they are and what they're about? Yes, and, and it's not only just that session. So we prepare for that session. So when I, when I start working with somebody, I ask them to write down the questions that they have right at the beginning. And then we work with those through the preliminary sessions, through past lives. So we set the intentions. If they wanna know about why they're in failed relationships, that, that we use that as an intention. So that's a question to ask their counsel. So when they go home, when they go into the between life state, we always talk to the counsel. Um, and people have different names for this group. It could be the wise ones. It could be the ascended masters. It could be, it, there are a variety and it depends on how the individual sees it. So we use their language. And I have had people feel that this group is standing in judgment of them and they don't want to talk to them because they're afraid. That's the first thing is to get past the fear. They're really there as your wise ones who are there to help you figure things out and help you understand things better. Um, there are, my experiences, there's usually three to five who are on, on your primary council. And then in addition, there may also be others who come in for a lifetime or for a particular lesson. So you may have a guide who is there specifically to work with you 
on an interaction between you and a person or a particular lesson that you're learning. Um, and they aren't always, they aren't always nice. So I had somebody who uh, had on his, his council, a guide who is a guru in this current life, who's here in this life to keep antagonizing him, to wake him up and to keep him awake towards what he needs to pay attention to. So the council is there and you ask questions. And, and when I'm working with a client, I always hold the questions for the client because if they have 25 questions, you don't want them going back into their conscious mind to try and remember all 25. So I hold them and I feed them to the client. And so I, I figure out when's a good time to ask the question and the sequence. And then their guides are telling me follow-up questions, you know, asking additional questions that they didn't ask that go along with whatever it is that's being asked. The whole purpose of talking to this group of wise ones is to be able to see things from another perspective, to see it from a higher perspective. So if you ask a question of, about what does this mean or what do I need to know about the situation? Sometimes when you ask the question, they don't answer. And so I'm usually thinking about how do I rephrase that into something where I can get a question and an answer. So sometimes it's the wrong question. And so the client has, has a question that we then have to play with because they want an answer. How do we do it? Uh, and so how do, how do we get the qu client's question answered? Uh, Sometimes the um, the council won't answer the question because the client is too young. And they still have to live their life. So if you have a, a client who is 25 or 30 years old and they say, what's going to happen in the rest of my life? When am I going to meet my soulmate? The council isn't going to ne necessarily say, well, when you're 45, this is going to happen and the, this is going to happen because that's predicting something. And there are a whole lot of variables and a whole lot of choices because we operate out of choice. And so they're not going to tell us about that. But if I ask them, if I pursue um, a career as a ballerina or I pursue a career as a truck driver, if I have those as my two options, can you show me aspects of my life as either one so I can make a decision? And they will open up the choice. So they'll give you information about you from that perspective. Sometimes they don't tell you anything. They simply send you back to look at your life experience so that you could see what the answer is. So I, I remember one of my very first, very first ones the uh, guy asked questions about relationships and they just took him and they took him to this place. He said, I'm looking at this iPad and they're showing me my life and they're showing me all my relationships. And so he sat there for probably 20 minutes going through what he was being shown. So they will sometimes bring you to answers or show you answers as opposed to telling you something. But it, once you connect with them, it's always profound. 
And sometimes they sound like a broken record. Like, don't pay attention to other people right now. You need to pay attention to you. This is all about you right now. Stop trying to be a service to others. Simply take care of you first. And there are broken records sometimes on those things. So you have to figure out, okay, and how do I then use that in my life? How do I then switch from where I am right now? So then they can help you, but you, the questions you start with aren't always the questions they answer. I, you know, you know that too, Natasha, but you know, they will answer the questions that are meant to be answered and ask well, questions. It's kind of like the difference between asking a question, when will I meet my soulmate or how do I meet my soulmate? Now, they'll answer it a little bit differently because how do I meet the person that I'm supposed to be with? You know, they, they'll give you tools. They'll give you knowledge. They'll give you, well, you know, maybe you need to start thinking about judgment. You know, you're judging everybody else. So how are you supposed to meet somebody that you're going to judge? You know, so work on your judgment or, you know, there, I, I'm just throwing that out. You know, there's just these aspects that when we, instead of when it's, how do I get there? And that's a, that's the whole reason why we're here is, is to get the, how to do different, how to do it with less, um, 3d or less, um, politics of the humanness. You know, to get to being lighter, more energetic, to just saying that, you know, like, you know, just I have an understanding. We all have a story. You know, we all have a story. Why should I judge a story when everybody has one? You know, and it's that aspect of, of life that when we can get to being a little bit lighter instead of going, well, why is he wearing yellow pants when it doesn't go with his red shirt? You know, it's like, well, because his story is, is that he wants to be unique that way. Mm -hmm. What's for me to judge that? You know, well, it's. I've never worn yellow pants in my entire life, but that's another story. Um, I watch golf a lot. So it's like yeah, my husband's and he's a golfer. So he's a golfer. Like, golfers wear plaid yellow pants and, and stuff. So <laughs> they, they can't wear them anywhere else in the world. I just wanted to throw it out there because that's something that would be easy to judge. You know, it's like, it's simple, but it, it's easy to judge that. But when we get there, it's like, you know, it's like my first reaction a lot of times is, Okay, you know, because we all have a story, but so, we don't want we don't okay. want to get caught in the story. No, we don't want to get caught in the story of the past, because where we're coming from is what we know, and if we stay in the confines of what we've already experienced and what we know, then we don't move into anything bigger because we're limiting it by our past experience, and what our our council can do is open up a dynamic where we're free of having to repeat something because we understand how repeating it is going to be painful and isn't something we need to do. So they release, help us release from that. And and I would say that, oh, go ahead, Kevin, I'll. Oh, no, I was just, just going to say, poor Regan, uh, he never did find a good internet signal. So he's. <laughs> well He's fallen on his sword so that we can, so we can get rid of the, uh, the static. So. <laughs> Yeah, just want to let you know. Well, it's kind of like from for my family history. My dad and a lot of his siblings had colon cancer. Well, I wanted to be done with that story. <laughs> 
And so I went back through different lifelines, through like father, mother, you know, different lifelines to get to the child that didn't want to digest his life. And it was in a very bad spot back probably in the 1880s that decided to to deem himself. He, he made himself basically ill because he didn't have the tools to work through his life. And then it ended up sitting in the colon. And then that gene started, ended up in each of the lines. And I went back and I said, I'm done with that. And, and so how do we, but it was, took my team to waken that idea up to me to, and then they helped me go back. I had a guide who helped me go back, even though I have the tools myself, but yet at the same time, sometimes it's nice to have a guide to show you, well, it was your mother's string. It was the mother's string in this one. No, it's the father in this one, you know? So it was like the, the weaving of who to go through the family line to get back to that one being. Yeah. Well, I got a question for both of you that I, and I, I'm not sure if I've asked this before, so you better get ready. Um, do we take this whole thing way too seriously? Mm -hmm. We take life very seriously as <laughs> beings. Humans are so serious. You know, we are, we take everything as if it totally matters. You know, that, that it really matters, you know, what you have for breakfast and whether you had enough fiber and how many glasses of water you drink and all of those things that, that are there, you know, it, it doesn't, we, we follow everything and, and it becomes, uh, those, um, those issues of addiction. So when you have people who are addicts, what happens? They get wrapped up in the addiction. They get wrapped up in being an addict, even if when they're in recovery, because it's an identity. And we tend to identify with things in our lives. So we identify with who we are, what we have, our career, as opposed to simply being. It's all about doing self. And I and I had someone tell me years ago, remember, you're not a human doing, you're a human being. Mm -hmm. And most of us are human doings most of the time. And the human, the doing part is what gets us in trouble. And what we spend most of our, our drama time on is the doing. Well, and too, you know, it's like, it's funny because I can even fall into that doing part because life just starts happening, you know, get busy doing. And then, you know, it's like, I listen to the universe around me and animals are part of that universe. Well, each animal gives an aspect of what the universe wants me to know. So, you know, a lot of times when I get into that, oh, I got to get to work, da, 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 here comes a squirrel doo, 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 across the street. Well, squirrel is about having fun while you do your work. Because what are they doing? A lot of times when they're gathering nuts, they're chasing each other, having fun up in the trees. You know, it's it's that or they're going along and, you know, it's like all of a sudden they see a dog and it's like, oh, let me run around the tree a couple times, you know, as they're gathering nuts. And so it's like it's that fine line between balance of play and work. And so the universe is here to help us. And I go, I know, I know, I know, I get it, I get it, I get it. I'll work on that. Okay, let's go forward. And and I shouldn't work at having fun, but sometimes life just gets going. You know, so 
life around us will try to support us in taking life less serious. But that's that aspect of sometimes life makes us do what's in front of us. And how can we get to a lighter side of that? How can we take going from being in a work moment to finding joy the next? And that's the thing about shifting it from being, you know, where we are and keeping it with us. You know, like I had, a, uh, you know, I, a lot of uh, kid, people know that I work in elementary school. Well, I had this one student who all morning long, I heard her saying, well, this happened at home. And she told everybody that she could. Well, that was just the one moment. She was already at school doing something different. And so her story could have changed. But we keep going over, mulling over what's going on instead of going, okay, that happened to me. Ouch. Hmm. Okay, moving on. Let me have fun. Let me do a little bit different. And that's where adding music in, adding, you know, talking with a friend or doing something different that can shift our aspect of how can we more be than do. How come we take it so seriously? It's called being human. <laughs> is that what that is? I thought it was being well. No. And, and a lot of us, a lot of us are taught to be perfectionists. A lot of us are taught to, you know, I want to see you, not hear you. A lot of us are taught to be, um, to have, you know, a lot of us are taught in our homes anger before we're taught to laugh. You know, a lot of us are taught in our homes or with friends a judgment instead of of ease and grace and you know it's like there's or some of us are taught at a very young age that we're no good and so we're battling that our whole life and saying you know that story going off that we're no good which means it's hard to have fun you know so there's these aspects that we're doing in our lives that that just is this domino effect that keeps us stuck in the doing instead of thinking wait a minute i can shift this right now what can i do to shift this because i know one thing that like when i was taking care of my mom with lou Gehrig's disease and i had a um a one-year-old and a four-year-old and my husband changed jobs and we moved that year that there was one time that um, I, I asked my uncle to take my mom to the doctor what was the first thing i did was i turned on music because i had to revert back to me I only knew I knew I only had like an hour and a half and I had to revert back to something that I found joy in to support me in moving forward. So I didn't have to keep doing because that at that time was a life of doing, you know, but I learned a lot. I became me through it. I'm grateful for that moment. But there's that that working through that process of just doing what can we find? So, Diana, you know, let's 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 take. Natasha and let's put her in a life between lives session and let's take her deep. We're going to take her very deep and she's going to go in front of her council and her mom and dad are going to be there and they're going to say, of course we did that for you, sweetie. That's why that's the agreement we made before we even came down and, and, um, don't fight it. That's just the agreement we made. And that's why in the whole project was so that you could become who you are today could that diana could that conversation actually take place yeah absolutely 
I mean, chances are it wouldn't need to take place in front of the council. You just have a, a conversation with, with your parents, but that happens all the time. So going back and talking to your parents about what happened um, and what happened to them. Um, I, I had a woman who was horribly abused by her father. I mean, physically abused. And she, he's, when she came to me, she said the last time um, he tried to kill me was when I was 47. Oh and and she ha he had broken practically every bone in her body yeah. by that point. And, and so this guy was a piece of work. And she went back, she went in and she talked to him. And, and he is standing there like he's a little kid with his hands in his pockets, looking down and being very shameful, shameful like, poor, I didn't know what else to do. I didn't want to hurt you, but I didn't know what else to do. That was how I was raised. And she said, but why did you have to do it to me? Um, because he saw her as an extension of him. He was hurting himself. And, and so he was hurting her as an extension. Well, why did you have to hurt mom? Well, same reason. All he knew how to do was to hurt people. And this was the life where he was supposed to learn something about that. And whatever he learned was not something that she ever figured out what he learned. But for her, it explained that what he did to her was not out of anger to who she was. It was simply a behavior that he had learned. Mm -hmm. And the hard conversation was when she talked to her mother because her mother, she blamed for letting her dad do all these things to her. And, and she learned from her mom that um, mom let him do it because the only way she could keep him she wanted to leave. And so my client said, well, why didn't you just leave with us? Why didn't you take us away from there? And she said, I knew he would come after me and kill you all. I knew he would kill you. And, and so I didn't do that. And she said it was a horrible choice, but it was a choice of keeping you alive or having you dead. And I couldn't, I couldn't stand that. So you know, this, obviously, this is the very dark end of the spectrum. But then you have people who are just not present for their kids. You know that that they just they're just doing what they're doing. So dad is off do you know going to work, and he's not really active in your life. And when he comes in, he's not mindful of you. Doesn't know who you are. You know, talks to you as if he doesn't have a clue that he's ever met you. Um, and you feel unloved and abandoned by him. And, and so when you talk to dad, he is apologizing and saying, that was what we, that was what we decided was you needed to learn this lesson about loving yourself. And I was part of that lesson. So it's hard to understand from a, from a human perspective why a parent is the way they are. But when you go and talk to them between lives, you're talking to their soul and their soul is honest with you. You know, one of the things that scares me 
about about uh, going to have a life review on the other side is from what I understand is that when you have a life review on the other side, you get to take on the 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 uh, personality of the person that you may have offended and look at it from their point of view. Um, is that you're 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 Diana, you're raising raising your eyes like you're not sure that you know what I'm talking about. Does that make sense? I, I have never experienced that yeah. with a client. <clears throat> oh, well, good. I, I've because I never played, experienced that. Because when I was I, when I was in high school, I played football and I, I had one game that was just phenomenal. And and uh, um, and I want to relive that on the other side when we go there. I want to relive that experience, but I want to live it from my perspective, not the poor sap that I was playing that was on the other side of the line because he got yelled at. <laughs> His coach yelled at him, pulled him out of the game, and he had to run laps and all that. So, so I didn't want to experience that side, but I wanted to re-experience the wonderful parts of my life that that I've had, and I've had a lot of them. And and we do, uh, if it is necessary for our learning to be able to see it through a different perspective, our guides <laughs> will show us things from other perspectives, not necessarily through somebody else's soul life, but through a, through a different lens. And so that does happen, but it's for for teaching you something about something that you're wanting to know. It isn't to rub your nose in something. No, you know, it's not judgmental. You know, they're not trying to get you for being um, a, a I, I mean, I would hate to have to be somebody who was a mass murderer and have to go through cleaning myself up after I went home to be able to work through whatever, you know, whatever happened and why I did what I did. Um, but I don't think I have that problem. So that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> now you, you don't look like a mass murderer to me. No, I'm not. No, but I also understand that those people that, that during that lifetime that they are learning that experience because I can say that every one of us who have had a past life, that's why I, I have a hard time judging because it's like at some point in my lifetimes, there was something that I did that it wasn't necessarily that or was that, you know, type of thing. But I also know that people who go through those lifetimes are taken after they, after they pass to a certain kind of um, path that they're got guides, they have angels, they have these supporting roles to give them a different understanding so that they don't go into the drama trauma and the pain of saying, holy crap, that's what I did. You know, it's like, and then have to live with that guilt, you know, because it, it is about the lessons and the experiences. So there is this aspect in my understanding and my truth, because we all can understand this differently, that we all have these loving beings support us the minute that we start the transition. Well, we have them all our life, but but there's certain ones that come in during that transition as we're leaving this life. And depending on what we did in that lifetime depends on who is there to support us to move us forward. And then we can go through. And, and I know that people like my dad who lived basically his soul life, you know, he he was who he was um and there wasn't much attachment to being this other person his soul lived his soul's life that he moved on quickly and he didn't really have to spend that much time to navigate through what was going on 
But yet at the same time, though, my mom, who struggled a little bit more, she took a little bit longer passing through the transition after a life. You know, that it just depends on who we are, depends on what what we're working through. Because so I know my mom had different life lessons. They were a little bit more self-awareness lessons than my dad did. Well, I always said my dad had one foot in this world and one foot in the other world. So he was doing it while he's walking, kind of like me. You know, that we kind of do these walks that we learn. But those people who are very much thick in their life, they sometimes can take weeks to transition through where some people just take hours or minutes to transition through once they're done. See, now you told me, Natasha, that my my brother passed away in October and you said that uh, give him a while and before I can uh, we can connect with him because he's got a lot of stuff he has to work through on the other side. Is he done with that now or is he still mm -hmm. working through that on the other side? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Oh. So does he have anything nice to say? He never did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, name it. Tell me his name again. Randy. <laughs> He's actually laughing. <laughs> He's actually laughing. He's uh he's saying that uh, uh <laughs> he's saying he you're right, laughing. dude. You're right. The whole time you were right. And he's just he's he's light. He's not heavy. He's light. He's he's you know obviously laughing. Um, you know, he's he's just he's light. He's just um he's saying, tell mom I love her. You know, mom won't understand that, but that's why he's kind of laughing because he gets the bigger picture. You know, so, he's so, so no, you have to tell me because this is this is important for everybody who's listening. My brother was a uh, um, a uh, not a charismatic, a fundamentalist Christian, and he went and he had a, a particular and I had a much broader. I take what Diana says very seriously because I think it's it's really true in what you say and the uh, and the mediums. He thought I was going to hell because I, I talked to mediums and I talked. He says to I did this. <laughs> he did a lot of that. So is he is he now admitting that that what we're talking about and and what we are saying here on this show of life versus or life between lives and others that it's more real than and he he's he, he, but it wasn't his it wasn't his journey this lifetime. He was no. meant to learn the 3D world. Just to stay in the politics of what life is. He wasn't meant to expand. He's, I'll do that another lifetime, but this lifetime I was supposed to learn what I was supposed to learn. His accent, his uh, his, his soul has a little bit of an accent to it. He did. He he he. he, he yeah, he, we were different. But uh, tell him I love him. I know he knows that. But uh, but uh, and stuff. So and did he used what? to call you bro? Shut up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love you, bro. <laughs> Yes, and guess guess who's back? It's the man, the hey. legend. At Greenman. 59. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to check back in and say thanks, you guys, for uh, carrying on there. Well, yeah. you're welcome. So if somebody wants to contact you, because sadly we're kind of done. If somebody wants yeah. to contact I'm glad you came back. If somebody wants to contact you, Regan, how do they do it? Okay. Oh, and before I say that, I just wanted to add something I just realized. Um it, what COVID has forced humanity to do is to think about how their actions affect others more mm -hmm. than ever. You know, we just go along self, like the people say they don't want to wear masks. You know, they go, ah, blah, blah, blah. well, 
they don't realize it's not just for them, it's for their neighbor, you know? So <clears throat> that's been one positive thing. And I think is people are starting to realize that their actions have consequences to other people, like what we say, do, and think, you know? So we need to, it's just causing us to be more mindful of how we affect others by our behavior. Okay. They could get a hold of me at, um, visit the Um, there's videos and everything on there and it's all about what you guys have been talking about the last hour. So, and, and by the way, we're, that's the next show next Monday, we're going to talk about COVID and the effects and the effects that it's having on people and all oh, that just what you just did. Great. Okay, good. Well, then we'll, we'll talk about that then. Okay. Yeah. Diana. That's my name. And uh, <laughs> I'm fairly simple today. Um, so if won't wear if, it out. Yeah. So if, someone is interested in contacting me and learning more about between life work or past life regression, uh, you can reach either, uh, either Regan or me through the Newton Institute website, which is newtoninstitute.org. That's a very good way to locate therapists who are working in your area um, or who are working online. And if you're interested in contacting me, I have my website up here sfaregressions.com and I have a lot of information about what I do and past lives and between life work. So happy to answer any questions. If you have questions, just let me know. Thanks. You were delightful today, by the way. And Natasha? Uh, you can reach me at angelicclarifications.com and I love to support someone in just Wise how to's, uh, what can I do to do different? I even if you don't know why you want to sit in front of me, there's a lot of times where I'll uh, I'll channel Mother Mary at the first in the first ten minutes she'll she'll take care of the whole session, you know, because it's like you know I have tools that help someone get through the wise. I have a lot of people who don't even know, have questions on why do I want to come and see you? And it's like, okay, let's go from here. And we just move forward. And then afterwards it's like, oh yeah, I didn't realize I had that problem. <laughs> or I didn't realize that's the reason why, you know, I had this question for this, this, and this, but you answering that helped me with this whole thing. You know, it's, it's amazing how when you work with your team and spirit, and you work with someone with integrity. That's the one thing I want to have is you got to work with someone with integrity and care because this is about doing that deep work and you got to trust the person you're with because otherwise there's walls up and it doesn't work. So I hope that, that our conversation today can help with that. But Natasha at Angelic Clarifications or Angelic Clarifications is how you reach me. And one of the best um, um testimonials i can offer is regan loves your work and he has sent a bunch of people to you yes. and they love your work as well so it's and would you agree with that statement regan he's muted, <laughs> muted. Oh, he muted himself oh i know why because he's he's still got that noise that's going going back and forth so in any event thank you everybody for for hanging out with us today we will be back. Diana, you'll be back next week. Yes. Again? I will. Uh it, it is so nice having you. You you just round out the uh 
the discussion really good and we're going to get uh, uh regan a new computer or a new internet so I'm no, i'll just two. i'll just get a new city <laughs> <laughs> well that's, that's even better better internet yeah. <laughs> well, blessings, everyone, and I hope that 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 you know you do walk through knowing that you know we are perfectly imperfect, and just try to be a little kinder to self and to others. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Have a great day, and. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.